evening. You are tuned into the Ladies View podcast where we discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is your girl and host, Celine. And on the line, it's our beautiful co-host, Heather. How are you this evening? I am doing fantastic. How are you? Good, good. Very well, thank you. I am glad to hear. Well, listeners, tonight we have an exciting podcast. We're also discussing comedy, which we don't normally do on the show, right? We I mean, don't. We do I, not. And we're funny. I know. I'm funny. I like to think that I'm the funny one. <laughs> you don't okay. think so, Heather? You know I got jokes, right? Uh, you, you got jokes. You got jokes. But I think we all kind of bring our, our, our little angles, you know, and it makes us all kind of funny together. Yeah. Miss, I, I think I'm the funny one. <laughs> I'm so funny. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, we've got an exciting podcast and interview tonight. And I'll be at this man needs no introduction. With 25 years in the industry, you've seen him on BET Comic View, BET Live, Comedy Central's Premium Blend, HBO's mm. P. Diddy's Bad Voice of Comedy. He's hosted Showtime at the Apollo, opened up for Kings of Comedy, and the list goes on. So, Damon Williams, are you on the line with us? I am indeed. <laughs> All right. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you, ladies? Good, good. We are very well. Thank you very much for joining us today. And we're going to dive right in with the questions. Um, Let's talk a little bit about your background, Damon. Now, many people probably do not know, but prior to comedy, you were a Subway sandwich shop owner. Is that right? That is correct. So what was wrong with that industry? Why did you leave it? (laughs) Well, isn't it exciting? Several things. Um, first of all, I'd never worked fast food. And even if you own a franchise, you still have to be there when you first set it off. So I ended up as a fast food worker. Plus, I was only 25. So a lot of times people thought I was an employee. So I had to correct that on some circumstances. One was really hilarious. Um, it just was like, you know, it wasn't what I thought it would be. And actually to be a um, to make a lot of money in Subway, you have to own multiple stores and you really have to dedicate your life to it, I believe. And mm-hmm. that was that was not the path. So since fortunately it was not making money and I sold it and that's how I discovered stand up. Ah, okay. Oh, wow. So okay. you currently do not own any Subway shops at the time. You're done you're done with that, right? <laughs> that's a path. You see you see we're trying to find out, right? Like do you still own one? <laughs> Where I can hook you up. <laughs> Right. Hey, it was a valid question, right? (laughs) We like those veggie sandwiches. (laughs) We do. All right. So, David, tell us, what have been some of the biggest challenges of being a comedian and working in the industry? Well, I came in actually in what I would say was um, like a renaissance or a golden era of Black comedy because it was right on the cusp of Deaf Comedy Jam. So, some of the obstacles that people may face since then and now weren't as bad. So like back then, if you were funny and you were made a little noise in your city, when the TV shows came around town, they'd have mass auditions. If you got picked in the audition, next thing you know, you're on cable. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you're working across the country. So nowadays, one of the bigger obstacles it is since viewership is so fragmented in so many ways, um, that it's hard to, you know, make a name for yourself nationally. So that was one of that. So I, I'd say really, I didn't face the same obstacles that exist now. But one of the challenges I would say would be, you know, being away for important events. Like I miss 
my brother's wedding, even though he didn't tell me in advance. And once you sign a contract and get a deposit, sorry, bro. Um, you know, I got to miss your wedding because I got to go be on this show. The flyer's out. They sent me half the I sent it back. Um, and I, my son, you know, he plays sports. So there were times when, you know, you might miss a game or something like that. So being away from certain things and not being able to be around your people is the biggest challenge I feel. Right. Now, even when you were working in and owning your subways, mm-hmm. did you want to be a comedian then? I know you said that you stopped that to be a comedian, but was that something that you always wanted to do? No, it's not even something I actually thought I would do. I mean, I've always been a fan of comedy and I was always humorous to an extent. So prior to uh, owning Subway, I I worked at City Hall in the city of Chicago in the purchasing department. And I was the only guy in my office and it was all ladies and they would just laugh. And then they, you know, that was right during the era when Eddie Murphy was still doing stand up. So I developed, they uh, actually nicknamed me Eddie around the office. So (laughs) You know, so people, I mean, in that era, I mean, Eddie Murphy is really inspirational in me being a part of this this industry because seeing Delirious the first time and seeing what he did, how he took that comedy platform to a rock star status as a black man visually for us, because we always used to have uh, stand up audio, you know, be cassettes or albums back in the day with your parents, blah, blah, blah. But we never really had television exposure. So that was the first actual VHS tape I ever saw was Eddie Murphy Delirious and that kind of really um, stuck with me. So funny. I remember that one. And I I do remember also because I was a teenager the first time that I saw you um, on TV and you were as funny then as you are now, I will say. Now, how long were you doing comedy in those smaller clubs before you got your start on Comic View? Well, uh, the the fortunate thing for me is, you know, I'm Chicago based and, you know, coming up in the circuit in Chicago, uh, if you look at the first two seasons of Def Comedy Jam, Bernie Mac, Adele Givens, Kenny Howe, mm-hmm. uh, James Hanna, all these people rocked out from Chicago. So they would come to Chicago and they would come to All Jokes Aside. So I got my start at All Jokes, but my first television appearance came on a show called Comic Justice, which was uh, produced by Sinbad and his brother. And it was uh, it was the opposite or the antithesis to Comic View. So Comic View was, I mean, Def Jam was, you know, raunchy, raw. Mm-hmm. Right. And Comic Justice was comedy with a social comic, uh, conscience. And it was on Comedy Central. So I had only been doing stand-up six months when they came to town looking for comics. And since I uh, was part of the open mic night on Wednesdays, they asked me, you know, you kind of consult with them on who should be on the show and blah, blah, blah. And naturally they said I could be on the show as well. They had no idea. I'd only been doing comedy six months. Mm, oh so, goodness. yeah. So that was really funny because it was a seven minute set and about four minutes in, I drew a blank. Like, right <laughs> in the of the but the crowd, was, you know, it was a Chicago crowd. It was all jokes. It was a home crowd. So they were supportive. They like clap, like you got it. Go ahead. You know? And then I remember I was saying, so they edited that out, but I, I literally, couldn't get through seven minutes without being nervous, blah, blah, blah. So, um, but the small, you know, the clubs, I, my thing uh, early in my career, I, I learned a niche, which was the college market. Mm-hmm. So you hear about the Chitlin circuit and all the grinding mm-hmm. and the people, you know, working for wings and, and two drinks and blah, blah, blah. I did only a little bit of that. Plus I had some money. <laughs> So I didn't have, to, I was selective, uh, you know, because I just sold my right? subway for you were one. On the subway, so you were like good at that point. 
Yeah, I was decent on the money, and <laughs> I, I I learned <clears throat> the business of comedy before. Oh lord. Hello? Yeah, we're here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought I heard something go off. <laughs> and, uh, oh lord. Oh Jesus! I done lost the podcast. <laughs> no, uh, don't say that. <laughs> I learned, before I learned the funny. To be honest, so what I would do uh, early, early in my career, I uh, promoted shows and put myself on as the host. And that way I could absorb this headliners fan base by people coming to see them. And, you know, but they would see me because they couldn't get past me because I was a host for one. For two, I would get some of the proceeds because I was the promoter. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things that helped me be more selective in my choices of the shows I had to take and the choices I had to make. So that was a blessing. I always tell young comics now, cause I, I really, I, I try to mentor comics as often. Anytime they ask me a question, my ears always open. I always answer my inboxes and my DMS from you know new comics. Uh, I always tell them they need to get a room where they're the host. So they can not only learn how to, to run a show and promote the show, but also, it challenges you to expand your material because if you have a recurrent audience. You can't do your same jokes every week. Right, right. And Damon, who's your favorite comedian? Uh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, okay. Uh, yeah, of course. As far as stand-up goes, I mean, Eddie, because of the way he did it, I mean, Richard Pryor is the greatest. Mm-hmm. All yeah, time. Yeah, all time, yes. As far as stand-up goes, because he has so many stories and layers and, and pain and you know things that he would bring to the stage but eddie murphy on the skill set had possessed more skill he had the the gut-wrenching humor he had the swag at the time even mm-hmm. though we didn't you know the suit was kind of shaky shady now um but he also had impressions and skits and you know stories right. hmm. okay so damon you're from Chicago. Yeah. You from the South Side? Yeah. I'm of from course. the South Side too. I always like to like put that right. Out there. I knew you were gonna say yeah. that. Talking, you know, she, she wants to be everyone's to favorite. From Chicago. Yes, you know, you know, I'm from the South Side too, so we have something in common. Just wanted to let you know that. Um, <laughs> um so your resume is extremely impressive. So Celine and I, as we were talking and preparing for the show, were like, look at everything he's done. And honestly, because I've been following you for, I mean, over 20 mm-hmm. years at this point. So it's like, I was familiar, but not as familiar with everything that you had done. I'm extremely like, I'm wowed by it. So when you have your quiet time and you're reflecting and like what's transpired throughout your life to get you to this point. What are the thoughts that are going through your head? Um, you know, it's been a great journey. I have so many wonderful memories and experiences and association with tremendously popular, you know, famous people in in, the, in both comedy and music. Um, I think about, you know, the fact that I'm still relevant, still in the game. Uh, I, I appreciate the fact that Tom Joyner has allowed me to be a part of his show on a weekly basis. And that has really, you know, stabilized my situation even more. Um, and it, it's just, you know, I have so many precious memories and experiences. That's when, in, in my quiet time, I think about those things. Um, because right now, I feel like I haven't even not only peaked, but I haven't even plateaued in my career from what my 
and uh, my aspirations are. So to be able to have this ride and this journey and not be super famous, but still be respected, you know, throughout from my peers and those who follow comedy and not have to deal with stardom and, and fame, because that can be that's a price you pay. And you see a lot of people crack up and go through things. Dave Chappelle had to go on hiatus. Martin Lawrence was running in traffic in a sweatsuit. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he's a cat. Williams has had his issues. And, and all of that comes from, you know, the fame aspect of this business and other, you know, maybe substances and habits. But, um, you know, it's, it's been great to be respected and, and, and still be around and, and looking forward to doing greater right. things. Right. I feel like it keeps you very balanced, which is a good thing. Uh, Damon, you posted a campaign brunch for former President Barack Obama. Tell us, what was that experience like? Well, it was funny because... You know, when people see that picture, they're like, wow, you got a chance to meet mm-hmm. President Obama, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody's really you know, excited about that. But at that time, he was happy to meet me. <laughs> oh, so okay. People, nice. Yeah, because literally I had worked with him uh, with, with Tavis Smiley prior to that. Uh, Tavis had a, um, a, a mentoring program called Youth to Leaders, where we would go to several different cities and spend the day with some kids and they have workshops and blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, we'd have keynote speakers and that and the other. So when he was still a community organizer, Barack Obama was one of those community, uh, one of those, you know, keynote speakers to the kids, but I was already Damon Williams from comic view, mm-hmm. you know, so honestly, he kind of knew my work and it, it kind of, you know, at the time it didn't dawn on me that it, that was important because it was a skinny little dude, you know, he looked kind of, uh, African with the dark lips, like he might have just been smoking something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. Right, right. right? So, yeah. and he had the funny name, you know. So that it didn't really stick with me who he was. And then, as he was running for Senate, that's when you know they called me and um, asked me to MC the brunch. And you know, I did my whole thing, and he said through it, blah 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 blah. Then afterwards, I was like, man, can we get a picture? And he said, of course. I said, you might not remember, but I, uh, you know, I went into the thing with the tab. He said, of course, I remember you, brother, blah, 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 blah. So if you look at the picture we took, he's smiling bigger than me. <laughs> he was excited to meet you. That's awesome. Yeah, he was happy I was working with him, you know, looking out for him. I, I took the that kid under my wing. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Well, well, Barack, if you are listening to our podcast, you heard it from Damon. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, were exci- you were excited to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to pick your brain on some current issues, Damon. So today on okay. WGCI, Kanye, Kanye publicly apologized for a statement that he made earlier this year on TMC, wherein he stated mm-hmm. that 400 years of slavery was a choice. I'm not sure if you right. heard the interview with WGCI, but this clearly stirred up some controversy. And today he apologized. Um, right. One, how as a black man do you feel about Kanye's statement? And two, do you feel that his apology was sincere? If you heard that interview, I saw part of the uh, a clip or two on Leon Rogers' um, Instagram today. But first of all, you know sometimes you say things in the heat of an interview, and and you can't take it back. And maybe, I mean, the, the thing about Kanye and genius and whatever bipolar scenario he feels he's going mm-hmm. through, uh, he's opinionated and he's steadfast in his opinion, but he also likes to stir controversy. He also knows how to market and brand himself. He can come across as, you know, eccentric and weird just so that the people follow eccentric, weird people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, 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 the statement, now here's, I'm going to give you a, a contrast to the people's reaction to that. That statement, he said, People were slaves for 400 years. That sounds like a choice to me. Mm. Okay. 
But if everybody everybody loved Black Panther, right? Right, right. loved it. The movie. I mean, it gave us a new sense of identity. It gave us, it gave us, it gave us Wakanda forever. Right. But at the end of that, toward the end of the movie, Killmonger mm-hmm. said, "I'd rather die than live in bondage." So he made the choice not to be in bondage, which is a choice to not to be a slave. Nat Turner chose not to be a slave. So. There is some basis behind it, but people want to jump on it. First of all, social media and society at whole loves to be critical and criticize and be negative. Right. You know, now the statement is, is you know, it, it ruffles some feathers, of course, and that's what Kanye does. But he could have had a point. I'm not saying I agree 100 percent with the statement, mm-hmm. but there were there were slaves who chose not to be slaves. They yeah. they ran. They they, they fled and they made right. their way to freedom. So some people did not go through slavery by their choice of not being. They took the risk, they took the chance. Mm-hmm. So the apology, I think, is, you know, saving face, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, he, has, he, has, he has merchandise on the market. He has, you know, he has a brand. He has some, they say he has financial issues, but also I've heard the contrary to that is that he's almost a billionaire based on his Yeezys and other deals he's done with Adidas and so on, so on, so on. Plus he got a, you know, a multi, multi-millionaire wife. So right. he's not hurting. So... He has a safety net in case he does the dumbest of the dumb things, uh, but but he's a, you know he does so he's a complex individual. He can afford to take those risks, right. and he can also be human and 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 admit his mistake because he didn't have to come and apologize. Right, that's true. Exactly, he he didn't have to. Um, I will admit that I was on fire with that comment that he made some months back and mm-hmm. we even had an you know on our podcast we had a discussion about it and I was just like no nope don't agree and these are the reasons why and I think that all that pressure obviously got to him you know and he's going through that whole um thing where they're saying it's like um him being married to the Kardashian. So like he's a part of the Kardashian curse. So I think that a part of it he's trying to redeem himself and redeem his name a little bit. Yeah, especially with the community, you know, I mean, but the other part of that is he followed it up or previously before and after and associated himself with Donald Trump and then stood by his association with Donald Trump and said he's not going to fear the people and he can love who he loves and he loves all people and he's got dragon blood and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) But wait, we we can love Donnie. What's wrong with Donnie? See, oh boy. Okay, all right. See, and this is this is when I get upset, Dan. Whenever oh, Celine tries right. to throw that wrench, in let's there, move on. That is when I start getting mad. Anyway, oh, okay. do I, do I, am I about to hang up on her? No. Have a... Okay. <laughs> That's right. See, we'll 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 talk later. Um. So, da- Damon, are you? A um. Fan? Yep. I'm a huge football fan until about two years ago. You are. Okay, exactly. And that's what I'm going into. So um, what do you think about the craziness with the NFL wanting full submission with regard well, to the national I thought anthem? they rescinded that. No, they said that the players wouldn't be punished for kneeling or, or protesting just recently. But the fact of the matter is mm-hmm. no one should be forced to support the national anthem, the flag, or any of that. I don't care if you're at work or not. I mean, if you're going to separate church and state, if you're going to separate prayer right. from school, you can't make people uh, have an allegiance to a song and a flag, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Also, 
I feel like the the protest got spun out of control and is more so stoked by Donnie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, a, Donnie. A, a silent protester. I mean, it was the most respectful way to protest what he was doing when Kaepernick started to kneel and it was he was given that uh suggestion by uh you know veterans. So the whole you first of all I'm a grown man. You can't tell me to stand, you can't tell me to sit, can't tell me to walk. That's a choice. Right. Like slaves. Okay. And the NFL needs to stand down on that. You know, if it if it didn't affect their money, then they wouldn't give a damn. And the other part about that is it's a lot of rules when it comes to reverence to the flag and reverence to the, the Pledge of Allegiance and things of that nature that they violate. First of all, the flag should always be upright. It should never be horizontal. And every game, Absolutely. they pull out a big giant flag and spread it across the field and wave it flat. For one, if they're going to be by the letter of the rule. For two, if it's a free country, which is what the national anthem should stand for, the land of the free, then you shouldn't be able to tell a person what to do. And then as a corporate structure, the only reason why NFL is worried about that it's because it was starting to affect their viewership and their money, they, they right, felt. Right. But the other, if you take away the black players, then you have no NFL. Yeah, yep, valid point. That's Nothing. a very valid zero. <laughs> <laughs> football league. So, so how do you feel about Kaepernick as a player? Did you follow him when he well, was a quarterback I, of the 49ers? Yeah, yeah, he was, a, he was a phenom for a moment. But I think the the... Our our alliance to him, as far as his protest is concerned, is allegedly because of the collusion amongst the owners to keep him out of the league uh, because of his protest. So they basically blackballed him. But it's been a couple of years since he played now. So, right. you know, he's probably lost a step and don't have the skill level to even make a team at this point, even though he was forced out when he was at his peak. So that's that's a complex situation. Then the protest itself – what he's protesting, he's bringing light to a to a, a subject, and that's you know police brutality and the killing of blacks and and you know un- injustice in, in that in the criminal justice system. I believe that's the point of his protest, but that's such a vague, vast issue that standing or kneeling or playing or pledging allegiance is not going to solve it. All he was trying to do is bring light to it. But I mean, even if even if if right. If we boycott football and football vanishes, there's still going to be bad cops out there. There's still going to be crooked cops. So why are y'all ruining my Sunday? Don't worry, our Sundays, right? <laughs> I'm telling you because none of us have stopped football last year. I mean, it's still. It's, yeah, I mean, it I, has changed, thing, you know, the so. also thing about that is here's the flip side. If you don't have a Nielsen Connect in your house, your viewership don't register anyway. <laughs> You can be on Instagram, no football, and be at the crib at the screen. So, and that was a good conversation. Well, good, good stuff, Damon. What projects are you currently working on? Well, right now, first of all, I'm I'm really proud of my feature on Time Join the Morning Show. I do seriously ignorant news every Tuesday, and then I do Funny Chair Friday. So I'm the comedic voice on the Time Join the Morning Show for four hours, the entire show. And I've worked a long way in my career to, to be on a nationally syndicated radio show, especially the most important nationally syndicated radio for our community because of the social aspect of the Tom John the Morning Show and the fact that he's about to retire next yep. year. So I'm really focusing on that. Nice. Um, 
I have um, been compiling material for my one hour show, which I want to shop um, and shoot. There's a, uh, there's one special that we already have in the can uh, with some more, and it's called All the Queen's Men. And she hosts, and it's myself, and Tony Rob, Tony mm-hmm. Tony Schofield from Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, Sanders, Two Ray Gordon, and we're all on that show with her, and and that's about to probably hit the top of 2019 so i'm gonna let that do what it does let them see what i did and then the networks and the netflix and the others will be like man let's see more from this guy so I, then i'll have my material ready for that i have a uh two books um one is a autobiographical book in, in re- reference to my stand-up career and the other is well leading up to my stand-up career my life up to stand-up and then the other one is a how-to because everybody wants to know, how do you do comedy? How do you want to be a comedian? I, like I say, I mentor a lot of comics. So I'm going to do a book, So You Want to Be a Comedian, blah, blah, blah. Then there's an app oh. idea that I can't, even, I can't even tell you nothing about it. What? What's but, the point of you being on the show? <laughs> oh, why not? I tell, why, why I tell you, you, that? I mean, what you may look up and I may not be doing comedy because I'm a billionaire. <laughs> Right, like this. I mean, you don't know us anymore. Like, I still do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, if if that happens, you got to come back on the podcast. Then I must. Don't forget us. Like when you get, you know, big time. (laughs) You know, I've also uh, signed up with two different um, agencies to, to represent because I have not even touch the surface of film and television when it comes to, from an actor standpoint. And that's, that's something I really, uh, I found that I have, at, um, I have the ability to do. I did a couple of independent films uh, over the last two years, uh, actually about four of them and two of them, I'm a lead character. Nice. One of them I'm fully through. And um, mm-hmm. you know, even though they were low budget and they're independent and they're probably just all end up on Amazon prime or they may go further, you know, Lord knows you can't set his terms. Um, but it gave me the the confidence and the insight to say, you know, I, I want to really tackle that muscle. So nice. Those are the, and that and that you know, it's very exciting. That's believe exciting. me. And when people say, you know, because a lot of people have bigger hopes and dreams and aspirations for me and my career than I even had for myself early on. I wanted to be a stand up comic. I wanted people to come to a club and pay to see me if I'm the picture on the flyer. I wanted to be able to travel the country, travel the world, telling jokes. I've achieved that and I've been doing pretty well with it. But the next level for legacy standpoint is getting in the films and uh, doing a, a, that special, that one special that sits on the shelf next to Delirious and Bigger and Blacker and, you know, Killing It Softly with Dave Chappelle and, yeah. you know, the classics. Uh, Richard Pryor's is something I said. Or, you know, I, wanna, I want that one hour to sit there that represents like a microcosm of what I've done and who I've become as a comic. So And it'll happen. That's the... it'll happen (laughs) yeah definitely definitely and Damon we are definitely and we've already discussed this so we are going to find you in Chicago now I've seen you already you Uh know perform at Riddles uh, years back but we're going to come out and we're going to sit in the front row okay And we're going to act like we really do know you for real. Okay. So you have to take pictures with us and you have to act like we're like, we will be, but I did. I'm sure. Okay. I'm really glad you mentioned Riddles because that's another project that's, um, you know, it's kind of a pet project for me. The club 
is owned by a guy named Kenny. And Kenny actually went through a lot of uh, medical issues, and now he's coming out of them. But he's moved to Florida. His sister actually runs the club. But he was booking it, and he was, you know, first of all, there are no, like, traditional comedy clubs within the city limits of Chicago as far as other than Zanies, mm-hmm. And then they got the but nothing that caters specifically to our audience. Um, so when, by him having that club, but not really, you know, reaching its potential at all, I took the reins of booking and promoting it uh, at the end of March. And now, now that the fall is coming in, this I'm going to kick it in gear. I just had J. Anthony Brown do a weekend takeover. Sold out all four. And he's hilarious if you ever oh, get a chance wow. to see that guy. So I'll be bringing in, you know, some national heavy hitters and um, – trying to turn that club into a powerhouse on the South side for stand-up, for grown, mature people who want to see real developed comedy, not so much the um, the microwave social media type. Right, right, such as ourselves. So thank you so much for that information. And where can people find you? Where can the listeners find you on social media, Damon? Uh, Instagram and Facebook is at Damon Williams Comedy. So slash Damon's comedy. But I mean, if you go on Facebook, I'm the first Damon that pops up. <laughs> oh, okay. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, Damon Wayans, I don't even think he's on there. So I'm, I'm the next uh, famous <laughs> Damon, Black American. So, uh, so Damon Williams. Okay, perfect. Well, Damon, thank you very much for coming on the podcast tonight. We really appreciate you. We appreciate your time and we will continue to follow you and your success, your career, your movies. I'm going to look up some of those independent films. I'm a big movie person, so I'll definitely look that up and I'll be the judge of your acting skills and whatnot, you know, <laughs> but um, thank you again, guys, for a shortcut. <laughs> Same love with a Not another black movie is on Amazon prime. Uh, the other film that you'll be able to find is, well, just look for me. There's a lot of stuff out there. Okay, we'll look for you, and then we'll post it up on our website. Our website is www.theladiesview.com. You can find us on Instagram, The Ladies View, on Twitter, The Ladies View TV, and Snapchat, The Ladies View Show. That is a wrap. Thank you guys for tuning in to tonight's podcast, and have a great night. Bye. 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 Bye-bye.